I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hey, what's up, guys? It's uh, Andy Munoz, and we've got Joshua Clark. Just remember, don't breathe into the mic. You were breathing into the mic with uh, Thomas pretty bad. Sure, it wasn't the wind? No, it was was definitely you. My bad. Andy Munoz from the RSL Show here with... Josh Clark. And today we're recording at uh, Rio Tinto. Just look at it, man. Yeah, let's, let's, let's look just take a second. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and zoom. Actually, let's see. Is, is that Danny Boy over there? Let's see if no. we can get into. No, those are neither of those are Dan. No, that's okay. not what Dan was wearing. How I know far, that sounds creepy, uh, how far but does this guy go. Let's take a look. Yeah, yeah this uh, camera has got pretty good zoom. But yeah, we're here at uh, Rio Tinto. You guys might recognize it. This is where. Uh, Real Salt Lake plays. All right, let's step back into frame. I'm glad. I'm glad you could, you know, inform everyone this is <laughs> yeah. where Real Salt Lake plays. Yeah. So uh, we had. Uh, come, let's get centered here. There we go. All right. So we had a vision. Actually, we hopped on a call yesterday. Yep. Yesterday. Yeah, it was just yesterday. And uh, our podcast just has that kind of pull. Like we we could just. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't want to say that. No, well, we had the idea of uh, hey, why don't we just record. Um, at the stadium and just kind of see how it goes, set up a camera, get the backdrop with uh, the stadium. And this is actually a really good idea. I like it. Yeah, we can do this more often. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, first things first, uh, let's talk about uh, a few things that have happened um, in the last few days, Uh, specifically Real Salt Lake winning at home here behind us, uh, 3-0. Were you feeling a win coming from... Uh, this club, this team against at Houston. Home? Yeah, Houston. yeah, it was. I know Houston kind of on a little bit of a hot streak, but uh, you know, a Sovereigno coming back, people in the stadium, atmosphere, whatnot. I thought, you know, it's a home game. We got to win it. I always have faith at home. Now Montreal didn't have a lot of faith for that one, yeah. especially going down within forty seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> what was your prediction for that? Like two one, two one. I think we yeah. said like two one. Yeah, three, so we were just inverted, right? Yeah, so yeah, I mean. Yeah. Impressive win in Montreal, more so than Houston. But for me, the Houston game was the most complete game I think we've played all season. Okay. Um, showed a lot of different things. I mean, that was an unrecognizable team. Yeah, no. honestly, it was. It's crazy it was how it, well it is crazy how things have just shifted from you know a conversation and you know I think we should be the first podcast to eat crow for all the stuff that we've been talking about because the moment that we call out the defender scoring. Uh, you know, two forwards, strikers, whatever yeah. you want to call them, um, get their goals. Two right. goals. And one of them is, is somebody that we've been uh, criticizing to, to no end, Bobby Wood. You've been criticizing to no end. I've been sticking up for him a bit. Have you? I just said he needs to finish. I've been saying he's beginning in the right positions, been looking dangerous. He just needed to finish. Yeah. He's finished. So, I mean, what do you have to say? I don't think... I mean, looking back at the goals, and I want to—I do want to rate the goals because I would say, well, you know, we'll talk about Cordova's goal later. Cordova's finish. Yeah, I think we're going to have an argument here. 
Oh my god! You 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 you! Oh my! Stop it! All right, Bobby Woods. So Bobby okay, Woods is the least the impressive. It's the least impressive because Why? It's, he was in the right position, but it wasn't clean, right? Like, no, it looked like it came off his. Make yeah, sure we're recording. Yeah, we're nose, good. Yeah. We're good. We're good. You know, it kind of looks like it comes off his head, foot, shin, whatever, just kind yeah. of gets in the goal. Yeah. I don't care. Goal's a goal, Puts right? his body in front of it. He's there. Happy for him. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's a, a confidence builder, right? Yeah. The ball's in the back of the net. Hopefully that means more goals to come. Hopefully it means he's going to start shooting. Continue getting himself in these dangerous positions, He won right? that one, dude. He did the poster jump at the end. Oh, he was pumped. You know the poster that David designed? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he did. Dude, I mean, that's was, exactly how he jumped. He was absolutely pumped he got that goal. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was pumped for him. I think the stadium, you could kind of feel a, a sigh of relief almost that it was yeah. Bobby Wood getting the goal, right? Um, so, but that's the least impressive of the three. Okay. Okay. Least impressive of the three. All right. Okay. All right. Justin Glad, Justin Glad tripping inside of the box. No, I'm kidding. He didn't trip, but it, I, it's funny because it looks like it, it. It did, but I think <laughs> that was a fantastic goal, man. Yeah, I mean, he threw his body. out He there. threw his body out there. He got great contact with his head. Beautiful finish. The look of just pure satisfaction on his face after he scored that. Look at the camera when you talk. I was looking at you. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, you're good. I'm so used to you sitting across from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. No. So I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look at the camera and just pretend that I'm looking at you yeah. in the camera. Yep. Yeah, okay. look into the camera. There you go. I'm sorry, this is new to me. So Justin Glad. Justin, I think his was more impressive than Cordova's. Yeah, Changed my mind. His head out there. Changed my Dude, mind. Justin Miram. Justin Miram for this club has just been ridiculous. We were just talking about Justin Glad though. I know, but Justin Miram. He served the that, ball in. He yeah. served the ball into. Just, Justin Miram's been good. Yeah, no, yeah. he has been. But been okay, great. I agree with you. Justin Glad puts himself out there. Literally, I wouldn't say, you know sacrifices his body. I mean, he literally just flung himself out there. Right, which is what you're supposed to do. He gets the header on. Yeah, it's a... There's no keeper stopping that. It's a deflection. Now, Brian Dunseth's call made it sound like it was more calculated than it was, right? Like, like Justin Glad mm-hmm. redirected or directed the... I don't think so, man. I, I mean, think he did. No, dude. Yeah. No, no, dude, The no, ball no, no, goes no. from... No. Whipping in from the corner to straight into the back of the net. That is changing direction. I mean, I don't know if he was. I don't know if he was confident in thinking that he was going to get his head on it. But okay, credit to Justin Glad. I think I think you might be right. But that's not the most impressive goal for me. Okay, it's so Sergio explain to me why Cordova's Cordova's goal is dude, that impressive. Because the control and the touch and the patience inside the box, dude. But isn't that what we've been complaining about this entire time? What? That he's just taking too many touches. No, but it was that per- ball dude. barely goes in the net, bro. But it was perfectly like placed and planted. How was it placed? I mean, he's if got he's got a defender it, on his right side, a defender placed, on the left no, no. side. If it was perfectly placed, it wouldn't have taken three touches off three different people to go in the back of the net. I mean, I it was perfectly placed. No, but he would have hammered that into the corner just, with just, pace. No, but just like the poise and the patience. You even said this though. Uh, there was poise. I'm not you arguing said, that it wasn't impressive. You said that anybody else. Who who had that opportunity would have skied it or panicked. The goalkeeper would have gone. Anyone there. else on this team probably right, except Sava. Sava would have. Yeah. Been. Sava would have like gone around the world and. I don't think so. Man. Yeah. No, no for me, it's Sergio put, Cordova. It's the patience, yeah. dude. When you've got that many defenders and you've got the keeper coming out towards you, and you've got enough. Uh, I mean, if if you go back and look at the replay, I mean, he 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 knows was, where he's. I was sitting the ball. right right up there. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, we're at, hey guys, if you didn't know, we're at the riot. We're uh, recording it's right over there. Yeah, I saw the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it it was a good goal. I'm glad he scored the goal. But you it, say it Justin Glad's is better? Yes, I do. He yeah. was this close to not having a goal. I don't know. One guy was this close to clearing that off the goal line because it was slowly floating from the keeper's hand into the back of the net. Well, for me, I mean, that's just kind of like the it, – it's more of a beautiful goal. I think it's more luck than anything. No, I don't I think, think so. his goal in Montreal, okay. way prettier. Yeah. Because he had to go across his body, pick out the far posts with pace. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad he's banging in goals. And I think this is the confidence we need from him for the club to score for more, you know, more goals. Sure. So I'm, I'm just happy. I want to see it continue. Part of me said we have one game until the international break because I want to keep this hot streak going. Yeah, and Next, uh, we're gonna take two weeks off. Who's leaving us? Rubio, Rubin, Guatemala. Maybe. Maybe I don't know if they have any games. All right. If you guys have been paying attention, so uh, he didn't Rubio Rubin. He, he changed right. Yep, he filed a one-time on, switch for Guatemala. Yep, one-time switch. Did you so see that David Ochoa commented today at Aaron Herrera in the comments? Basically, t- telling him to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. 
if I'm Aaron Herrera, I'm seriously considering it. Really? Yeah, I mean, I he's guess... He's gotten no looks from the U.S. Yeah. No real looks, which I believe he should. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to get some national team caps under your belt, that might be the way to go. David Ochoa, also, by the way, in Oxnard this yep. week. Uh, absent. Yeah. We still I don't th- know. I think we can all assume uh, that he's gone. You think so? I do. Yeah. I, I do want to go back a little bit on what I said... Last episode. What'd you say? I can't really remember, but I was a little harsh on Ochoa, I think, oh. right? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you were harsh, and the the, set, the funny thing is is that uh, he reacted to our story. Uh, I, thought, I thought we were going to get beat up. With the title? Yeah. Um, no, I went back and listened. That was actually quite nice to Ochoa. I think I, I don't think either of us were too harsh, but... No, no. Um, we both said it. I, I think... Yeah, we both said it. He would be... He would be better anywhere else. Better off, yeah. Better I, off anywhere else. And I think this is going to be one of those things that... Whether it's your when everything, or well, but I think once when everything settles, I do think this is going to be one that we have to... <sighs> try not to say anything to get myself in trouble. We might be questioning why David Ochoa is not here later. Questioning. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. That's it? That's all I'm going to say on that. Okay. Yeah. I, I have no idea what's yeah, going we'll, on. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk offline. But Okay. Wow, you know something. Yeah. Okay. I do. <laughs> yeah, right. I heard something. Oh, uh, sources. So, right. but I don't. I don't want to get into detail no, no. until anything happens, right? Because no, anything not. could change. So, of course not. But, but I'd I be do think to see him back. Though I would, there's a 99 percent chance we're never seeing Ochoa again in RSL colors. Wow. Wow. Can you say that? That's just a feeling of mine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> just a feeling. I mean, I mean, he's been sent down to the Monarchs. He's yeah. In California on game day, like, why do you think he's ever going to come back here? To me, that says a bit. A bridge has been burned by either us or the club, gotcha. or by him or the club, I should say. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, I wouldn't, uh, you know, no more villain for RSL. I don't think. Interesting. Wow. We have to go all in on the McMath train, and then you That's... know, Beavers do snip, which are again supposedly generational keepers, just like Achoa. So we'll see. Yeah, dude. But are you are you are you ready to? Go through that time lapse with Beaver, like wait another five or six years My to get is, to this point, and then you potentially lose them. I mean, Ochoa yeah, that's the thing, has a like, lot of promise, and right. it just kind of sucks. And then like, we're that just kind of so like, much investment. Yeah, there it goes, right? So I wonder what happened. You'll have to tell patience. me. Yeah, it's do we really want to go through all that again just to wow. potentially only see it for what half a season? That felt like David Ochoa, who pissed you off, dude? Let us know. Yeah, well, or you let us kidding. know if you're mad at over some reason, dude. I would love to just. We can bridge. We could bridge the gap, dude. We could bring the front office together and David Ochoa. Are we gonna be the mediators? Yeah, we'll be the mediators. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm pretty good at that sometimes. Yeah, I think you could do it. I could. Yeah. I would just start laughing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. Okay. So Zach McMath, we're all bought in. You're happy. Fantastic with saves. Yeah. yeah. The only, awesome. the only real knock and problem I have with McMath lately is that distribution, man. Yeah. You know, the ball goes back to him, or there's a goal kick. It's almost 100 percent of the time you're looking at a turnover, right? Yeah, and then you're on the back foot again. So I wish you know Ramondo could give him some lessons. It's That'd just be being patient on the ball, slowing the ball, like slowing the game down. Right, and but even I mean, sure, there not, are times. If you're not a confident keeper, like if you don't have the footwork like Nick Ramondo had, where you right. have full confidence to like, you know, basically embarrass forwards who were going after it, right? Right. If you're not that, just boot it out, dude. Get get well, rid of that's, it. Well, and that's what he's doing, but that's what's causing the turnover, yeah, right? I guess yeah. There were times. The minute I said that, I'm like, wait, that's right. a turnover. Yeah. So there were times. After Savarino oh, came back on the here? field, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. All right. The, the, hey guys, we're at the we're at Rio Tinto. Hey, Rio Tinto. Okay. All right, Savarino would be along the right the right side of the pitch and he'd be riding the touchline when McMath had the ball. Yeah. Expecting one of those ridiculous sidewinders from Necromondo. Right to your feet. And it's just not coming. Yeah. Right? So that's something Savarino's gonna have to adjust to as well as Dude, I could picture Nick Romondo sidewinder right now. The, the he like he would like almost kind of get a spin on the ball yeah. and then just hit it with the outside of his foot. foot. Beautiful. I could do those in indoor, bro. I'm sure you can. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> indoor is only like 40 feet from where I <laughs> All you have to do is touch the ball with a little bit of spin and it's kind of going <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, so that that's my one big knock on McMath right now is just, just the distribution, distribution is rough. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everything it, as long there. as he's you know stopping shots, it's, yeah. it is what it is, right? It's fine. He's looking good. Yes, he's, he's making some big saves, yeah. which... You know, we can all appreciate after having uh, Nick Romando on goal for so long. That, that's, yeah. that was one of the biggest fears when he retired was who's going to be out there making saves. So. Right, right. And McMath is kind of living up to it. 
I mean, Ochoa had a few. I mean, I I don't feel like we saw enough of Ochoa, but, uh, man, I don't know. I I think Ochoa was a great showboater, um, like the villain, you know. I think think his antics may have covered some other... Yeah, so now Zach McMath is kind of proving that with his play. He doesn't have to do much of that, so it it could be a win-win for us. Um, Hey, guys, our cell show uh, through KSL Sports, we were at the airport to welcome Severino. Uh, if you guys saw that video, that was exclusive content. Again, uh, we were invited by Real Salt Lake to get out there and, and be there in time uh, for uh, Severino's arrival. Dude, who's driving a car through the riots? <laughs> I don't know. Who, who is that? <laughs> Dude, there's literally an SUV right here. That's got to be Just like going someone's along family. The North Concourse. <laughs> what is going on here? Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's got to be like a player's wife or something. Something um, you don't see every day right there. No, I was. Yeah. I, I waved at the car, and I'm like, what, what's going on? <laughs> Why am I waving? Yeah, anyway. uh, so went to the airport. I got to interview Severino in Espanol, um, and there was something that he said that, you know, he was happy to be back, but it was... He kind of emphasized that it was a tough decision to come back, like a tough choice. Because he had options elsewhere as well, right? Uh, That's kind of what I It didn't sound like there were very many, but uh, it sounded like Real Salt Lake started to talk to him in January. Um, Through through that time, he was kind of talking to, you know, he was in Cordova's ear, kind of saying things about the club, like the city, um, how the play here was. Um, But when I was talking to him, I remember I, I asked him if he was happy to be back, and he kind of led with, like, it's a tough decision for me. And so I think through the translation you kind of lose that because you just kind of read that and you kind of skim over it mm-hmm. and you tend to pick up more on the positive. But um, I, I, we, I wish I could elaborate it on that more, but we didn't really have that much time with him at that time. But from what I'm hearing, just from, like, sentiments online, um, RSL talk in general is he he seems to be happy and then from the reception that he got here uh when he was about to get subbed on there's no way he's not happy no i mean <laughs> dude I, that's like a hero's welcome right so they you know the substitutes get off the bench early in the second half here at rio tinto we're here at rio tinto oh, with this yeah i know um, uh, so hey we, guys we're recording at rio tinto the riot so for, but, Salt Lake but for those, of the, for those okay. that don't know the substitutes warm up behind the north goal yep the second Savarino started warming up, all you could hear was Savarino yeah. chants, right? Yeah. And then the moment came where, you know, the coach signals to have Savarino come over. As soon as he starts running over, this place erupts, yeah. right? Yeah. The second his numbers held up, this place erupts. And then the second he steps on the field, this place absolutely erupts. This place was electric, bro. Who do you like seeing in the number 11, uh, Savarino or Rusnak? <laughs> Is that even a question? Yeah. Come on. Severino, right? Yes. Yeah, I feel like he's giving it um, a little bit more of... Here, take a step back so your head's not cut off. There you go. Um, I feel like he's going to do the number justice. Uh, obviously, you know, didn't didn't bag a goal, but, I mean, you don't really expect him to. He told uh, Pablo in training that he, he felt like he had 20 minutes in this one. Right. Um, was there anything that stood out from his play? Well, I mean, he did attempt a bicycle kick that he nearly scored on. Yeah. Um, you know, from the second he came in, though, the, the level of play increased tenfold. He was quick on the ball, the interchanges, the one, two, threes, the, you know, the triangle passing, it all just increased quickly. Dramatically. And, and we looked that much more dangerous when he came on the field. You got a little bit of Venezuelan flavor now. You just got a little bit of DP flavor, man. Yeah. You got, you have real talent on the field, elevating everyone else's game. And I think that was the biggest impact he had that match. Yeah. Now, had he scored that bicycle kick... He's an absolute legend forever. No one's going to forget him. <laughs> Retire now. Right. Hang his number up. Hey, but um, honestly, even Javi, <laughs> Javi, no, even Javi commented on Twitter and said he approves of him wearing the 11. Wow. So, you know, big words. That. I don't think you ever said that about Albert. So No way. No. So that's a good thing. It's amazing, man. Yep. Um, I, I had a thought, and it just... And you lost your thought. Totally lost it. So Severino, number 11, comes back. It's 20 minutes. Um... Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, if, if he would have gotten the goal, I mean, he, he'd, be, he'd be done. Yeah. No, here's my thoughts. So uh, on last week's episode, if you guys didn't notice or didn't listen, uh, we were here also. Uh, we were at training. Uh, we spoke to a brand new fan. Scott, what's up, dude? Uh, was great to meet, great to meet that kid. Dude, I, I, was, I was just kind of thinking, I'm like... He's at the airport and he's at training and right. it's like he's bought in. Yeah, he's bought in. Yeah. It's like you dude, we weren't even doing that stuff as fans. Well, we didn't know about it really, right? I didn't really know about it. That yeah. was one of the big things, but you know, it 
talking to him, and I saw him after he left the the booth with Dunny on Saturday. Oh yeah, and he he's like reinvigorating my fandom in ways. Right? That's like, pretty. Cool. I remember being that pumped about everything. Yeah, and I kind of miss it. So it's it's cool to see a new fan, you know, this far into it, be that excited, be that hype. You know, I just yeah, I love it. Go back and listen to the episode we talked to Scott, but also we spoke to Tom Hackett uh, from KSL Sports. Uh, who is back with us. Uh, there's like a lockout in Canadian football, so he's just kind of waiting to hash those details out. Um, so we're glad to have him back. But Tom Hackett was here at training too, um, had uh, talked to Paolo about, or actually Severino, um, just how they were kind of you know tearing it up and training together, him and Yoni Menendez, yep. uh, just linking up and kind of adding like that new flavor, that new spice, uh, which is something that we've commented on this podcast before, where it's like, you know, we need that magic, right? Like that Javi Morales or that burrito magic. Someone that can um, just make something happen out of yeah. nothing. Right. It's entertaining football. Yep. Um, it's just, it, it's it, it's going to make the other team guess uh, where it's not so predictable. And, you know, just with Savarino's return to this game, um, I felt like there was more, a lot more creativity uh, just from everyone involved in play. And even though we're still kind of whipping balls into the box, it wasn't so... I don't know. It just wasn't like we weren't relying on that. It just to create wasn't a chance. so predictable. Yeah, right. exactly. So well, the, I mean, this game we had two or three opportunities. There were long diagonals through the middle, which isn't something that's yeah, just, happened. Just so. point. We got like John Madden this dude. Right. So over oh, here, over oh, here. Oh my god! Oh, what do we got? Look Is that a Lobo? Guy. Yeah, it's a Lobo. Oh, oh Lobo. A Lobo All right. Wait. Finish your last thought. I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trey just walked over here, dude. Hey, what's up, dude? How we're you about doing? About to get kicked out. No, it's uh, I just wanted to call you RSL Jesus, man. Honestly, how are you, dude? I'm good. I don't yeah. know that I deserve to be called RSL Jesus, though. <laughs> you do, dude. How you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Oh, great. You guys just got done with media availability. We did, yeah. Pablo, Marcelo Silva, Zach McMath, Bobby Wood is going to be on Bill Riley's show, dude. You're making it happen. Your boy uh, Jasper Loffelson's going to be on with Spence Checkets he's today. A big, he's a big fan of him. Jefferson Savarino is going to be on your sister show in Espanol, El Show RSL. Real. El Show Real, close. El Show Real, really? Yeah, that's what they call themselves. Why is their Twitter handle El Show RSL? Uh, it's probably just because... I don't know anybody's names. I only know their Twitter handles. So. Really? Okay. Pretty much. Yeah, I think it's Joseph, Alex, and uh, Carlos. Yeah, yep. Carlos. Sometimes Cheeky hops on there. Oh, yeah, Cheeky. Yeah. Cheeky's just trying to get a place. How's life? Up. What are you guys doing? On random Tuesday, hanging out with a riot? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. This is the best way. This is proof to KSL uh, that we actually work. So, got well, video. I know that we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but. Just give me your thoughts on the vibes in the stadium because the aesthetics yep. are amazing. There's claret and cobalt everywhere. <laughs> there is cool murals. There are great signs. You got iconic player images on every door, like Tyler Gibbons, David Dryden, the whole crew just crushing it. Yeah. When we're back on June 18th, we'll have a six, seven, sorry, seventh straight sellout. Here, I'll come this way. Yeah, um, there yeah, there we go. Seventh straight sellout. Frame. All because of Josh's efforts. Yeah. Um, I think you got to credit the RSL show with a lot of that, dude. 100%. Yeah. So vibes crowds, it's us. vibes it's us. are immaculate. <laughs> no, dude. Uh, I mean, I appreciate right. you guys following the Claret and Cobalt lead on, uh, you know, spreading the good cheer. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> Listen, man, we, uh, you know, I, I actually like it a lot. Um, I think the attention to detail, it, wh- where there used to just be a lot of concrete just exposed. I don't know. I kind of like, I, I, I like the concrete look, but the more that stuff is going up and kind of making it feel like it's ourselves, like the mo- most notably is like where the, the players tunnel where they come out, not like during the game, but when they come in and they get photographed and all yep. that, the one in the south, is that Southwest? Southwest corner? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Southwest corner. Um, I love it, man. The murals, the efforts. I mean, I think everyone is pumped, dude. And it's just something that's new and refreshing. And I feel like, I don't know, I, I think it's re-energizing the old fan base. But then it's also attracting, like, new fan bases. We literally just talked about that kid, Scott, that we met, that Dunny took up into the box. Sure. And that kid is like, I mean, you would think his dad was like Kyle Beckerman right. or something. 
one of the one of the big changes I noticed Saturday was on the on the West Concourse. There's like string lights. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. And then I think I wanted to bring this up earlier, but one of the biggest changes and that helped inc- uh, an incredible amount on Saturday was moving Labata down one level. So now the entire supporter section is together on one row. That's pretty and it's cool. It's not like a weird triangle. It made a world of a difference to me. Yeah, yeah. Just having uh, Bar Real kind of integrated in that in that effectively safe standing because they removed a bunch of chairs. The vibes in the south are incredible. And it's only going to get better. The TIFO system's going in. We'll, s- wire, that. we'll see if that's up and running by the 18th. I think it will be. Keep an eye on uh, Tyler Gibbons' RSL socials, and Nick Lamping's probably going to have some kick-ass video to examine that. Yeah. We'll see what the fans want to want to do there on the 18th against Santa. Like, having, what, three out of four and five out of seven at home coming out of the Vancouver game this weekend – there's real opportunity here on and off the field to keep setting records. You guys are aware of all the records we're at right now, right? So you got the sellout record. You got the best home record since like best home yeah. matching, um, 2010, 2014, 14 points. Sorry, f- 25 points through 14 games ties 2016. Um, if we win in Vancouver, we'll have a four-game MLS regular season win streak for the first time since June of 2013. Trey is just laying it down, dude. No, oh, this is all got? this is all stuff I oh, love to celebrate, bro. Concessions, you guys. Oh yeah, per there? caps, all-time <laughs> high. Sick. More people are buying. Bro, you need a J Dogs in here. Churros. There is a J Dogs in here. What? It's only been over there for like two seasons, okay. bro. My bad. My bad. That's right. Yeah. I'm so disconnected. I You're just... supposed to say we need J-Dogs to cater the media meal. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, my God, man. That'd be nice. Dude, I would come to every game. Every game. Yeah. Hey, so what did you hear in uh, the availability? Anything interesting from the guys, their attitudes? Um, you know, it's a lot more of the same, but it's it's cool to hear it from different guys, right? Like, you know, Zach McMath talked about, you know, he didn't come into the season expecting to be the starter, but David Ochoa gets hurt. The last game in preseason in Portland, his mind had to shift, and and Zach's having kind of a I wouldn't call it a renaissance because he's always been really really solid. He might be a little I don't know if gun shy is the right word, but remember he was killing it for Colorado under Pablo, and then and then they went and got Tim Howard. So like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, go ahead. Um, Just checking, make sure it's recording. Marcelo Silva has been wearing the captain's armband, as you guys know, for I think every game. Except for one uh, that the Demir has missed. Yep. Um, Zach actually wore it that one game that Marcelo was out, and I believe that was the New England game. Uh, no, it was the game after. Um, anyway, this is, and I, you guys have probably seen me say it on Twitter and other places, but this is easily the most tight knit locker room I've ever seen. And Pablo talks a lot about a player led culture but coach guided and and that was echoed by the guys today as well and um you know i think everybody what i was most impressed by the recent comments is after the game saturday justin glad really went out of his way to say that the players on the field are really feeling the vibes from the fans and it's a very symbiotic relationship and that 12th man is turning the riot back into the fortress that it was for so long, you know, 10, 8, 10, 12 years ago, right? So getting back to that, that's why we're four points off the supporter shield pace. Could be one if we get it in Vancouver because the rest of the league is literally off this week. So 26 teams are off, not RSL, not Vancouver. Big opportunity. And then you go into, you get a week off. And then you come into this massive homestand, which a ton of opportunity is you get Anderson Julio back healthy. You get Jefferson Savarino, uh, or I should say Jefferson, yep. uh, integrated. You get Johnny Menendez back. You get Eric Holt back. And suddenly Pablo's got real difficult decisions. Did you say Crylock in that? I did not say Crylock. He's, he's still questionable, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's getting a, another opinion on his back situation and – and uh, Pablo, team, Pablo announced today that uh, <laughs> that he's going to be out for probably at least a few more weeks, if not longer, depending on the course of action. And, you know, um, 
Demir is still around the team a lot every day. He's working out. He's trying to get his back better, trying to get his yeah. the nerve issues in his leg responding. And so even though Demir, we don't see him for the 90 minutes right now every Saturday, he's a big part of that locker room, that leadership group of setting the tone for how guys work individually, how they work for each other, how they fight for each other. And I think that's why you're seeing a 5-0-1 home record this year. That's why you're seeing literally the most successful road form in the history of this club with nine results in the last 13 away, five wins, four draws, four losses, dating back to that comeback win in Dallas that Justin Miram had those two assists off the bench. Like, that really... That really kind of changed the tone, and yeah. And um, you put the RSL show in its place when we, uh, you know, you, you're you said the RSL is notorious for coming back. Yeah. You know, after getting a goal, and uh, I think you know, I just want to say you you were right, <laughs> you were right. I'm shaking your hand. Well, right dude, now. I mean, it's it's that's the belief this team has. That's why since Pablo got here. No team has more goals scored after the 80th minute, and no team has won more games after going down 0-1 than Pablo Mastroeni's crew. And, Comeback squad. Uh, that is belief. That is fight. Those are all the intangibles that, you know, it's kind of a fun joke right now to talk about how the XG and the XA and the X this, um, they kind of don't apply to this team. But now they're starting to apply to this team because if you look at the Montreal win, the even the Austin win, and certainly the Houston win, we are out possessing, out shooting, out xging everybody, and it's it's a lot of fun to see that identity kind of evolve in real time. Because you remember, it was after the loss, I think, in Nashville that Aaron Herrera is like, "Dude, we got to find our identity," and we didn't have, you know, certainly on the attacking side of things, yeah, there wasn't an identity. But um, you get guys healthy, you get new blood, or I should say, returning blood, and Julio and Savarino. We'll see what the July transfer window brings. Um, there's there's an exciting U22 player signing coming up. <laughs> what is this, dude? Why are there cars passing here? This is all... Uh, do you do this? Do you drive your car? No, no. I've never driven my car inside the stadium. You don't have stadium. that kind of clearance, no. huh? Who are these people? Um, I believe they work for <laughs> the company that is, or the companies, I should say, that are kind of... Okay. Upgrading the internal aesthetic of the riots. So I didn't know the Dude, signage people, the painters. We would have parked the RSL show car right here if we knew that. Well, yeah. but there's no foot traffic on a Tuesday afternoon. No, of course not. <laughs> hey, so um, another question that I had for you, uh, Trey Fitzgerald. So we had a debate before you showed up. Uh oh, Josh and I. There were three goals scored, and I, you know, if you don't yeah. want to comment on this, you don't have to. Because I know you're, you when see these guys every day. When have I ever not commented on anything? You're very transparent. <laughs> you actually, yeah, and it, well, whatever. That's a whole different conversation. You're very transparent. Who had the best goal of the night out of the three? Was it Wood, mm. Cordova, or Glad? So, <laughs> it's funny. I've seen your poll on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I've seen this topic sort of debated. Yep. Um... Wood obviously had the game winner. I think it was a very therapeutic goal for him as well after, you know, him kind of getting denied a a couple times back-to-back at Montreal. I'm very pleased, obviously, I think as everybody should be, of just how dynamic and agile Bobby has been the last few games, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Really getting involved, getting integrated, coming back, holding up the ball for his teammates, distributing. I mean, that first goal, he checks all the way back, gets it, whips right. it out to Chang, makes that far post run, mm-hmm. and 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 knocks it home for the game winner. Obviously, Sergio Cordova's goal also similarly, I guess, therapeutic because it was his first home goal. Um, it was in many ways kind of the – insurance goal, the dagger, if you will, that really made you feel like, okay, these three points are ours. But go back and watch the video of the Justin Glad goal. Like, the pure joy on on Justin's face, on Miram's face, on just that Marcelo Silva, like, hugging him on the ground, that whole celebration. Like, that's our team in a nutshell right now. Those are the vibes. So, honestly, 
and I'm not just being politically correct here. I can't pick one. Like all three of them, I I feel like are equally important for all the reasons. There's the PR answer. Well, I don't, <laughs> I'm not trying to give you a PR answer. I like, know, I know. But it is, uh, it is a team game, and like. How cool is it that Justin Gladden and Sergio Cordova only score in the same game that the other one scores? That's yeah. happened three times yep. now this year. Uh, it happened in New England. It happened in Montreal. And now it happened here against Houston. I mean, if they can keep that trend going. Yeah, please, all year. That's phenomenal. Good. Glad's reminding me of Borchers right now with his goal scoring, and I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, 100%. Yep. I think yep. I, I've, I've been meaning to go look this up. I think. Alave and Borchers back in like 2010. They were hammering goals. They mo- they got six each maybe yeah. in the same year, and but the sorry to the guy I want to talk about right now, Michael Chang. Yep, assist man. He has one goal and three assists in his last three games. Mm-hmm. He has five assists on the year. Four of his assists are game winning goals. And this is a guy that I think a lot of people don't know. I mean, he's from Cuba, right? Which isn't exactly a soccer hotbed. He came up through the USL. Yep, yep. Charleston and then Monarchs, and now the last couple of years he's just locked down a spot in MLS. Mm-hmm. He's sorry, Elliot, but he's probably criminally underpaid right now for his <laughs> production. Yeah, yeah. Um, like so that. it's just. Uh, and look, this is the guy that I think most people probably thought was going to lose his spot when Savarino comes in. Right. Right? Right. But do you flip Chang to the left? Because, like, I think Miram um, has been awesome this year. But, you know, I think his role coming into this year, he thought it was going to be a lot like it was at the end of last year where right. he's that he's that game-changing sub off the bench, you know, with final 20 or 30 minutes. Pablo just has kind of a... I won't call it an embarrassment of riches, but he's got a ton of options between Savarino, Julio, Chang, Miram, Cordova, Wood, Rubin up top, hopefully soon Crylock. Mm-hmm. Um, in the midfield, you see what Pablo Ruiz, Jasper Lafelsund are doing in terms of getting forward. You see what um, Scott Caldwell does protecting that back four. Mm-hmm. Everton is still in the mix there as well to provide various options in the midfield for whatever the game calls for. But then that back four has been so, solid, so solid yeah. with Brody and Herrera on the outside, Glad and Silva in the middle in front of Zach. I mean, they've given up only two goals the last three games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all coming together at the right time. Now, the guys are quick to remind you, nobody's handing out trophies after right. 14 games. Right. So. Uh, it's about getting better every day, but walking off the field today on the way to do all the media stuff in Harriman, you know, I asked Pablo how the session was, and he was so happy with the intensity, um, the togetherness, the fight, the attention to detail, uh, the lack of, I think, satisfaction with with recent results, and and hopefully the team can go into Vancouver, get a win on turf, which is rare. We have, get another road win, which is have rare. Have we ever beaten Vancouver in Vancouver? We have twice. Have we? And okay. then we beat them once here in what was technically a road game. Right, so right. I think our all-time road record against Vancouver is like 3-10-1. Okay. Uh, Ten losses. That's a lot. Vancouver's hurting right now. But getting a four-straight win going into that break, like that's one of the biggest things for me other than and, – and look, all my historical trends – Pablo doesn't care about that stuff. I'm gonna rotate you a little bit here. <laughs> Sorry, all the all that historical stuff. Pablo doesn't care about that. Pablo's like each game is ninety minutes unto itself. Right. So yeah, we used to suck on the East Coast, and we used to suck on the road, and we used to suck on turf. Who cares? Right. What are we doing these ninety minutes right now? That's what's ma- That's what matters, and uh, so that's fun. Now, then, I got one question for you, Trey. Vancouver did do a cool thing with their crest for this month. I can't remember the exact. It's like an indigenous, indigenous people. people right? Yeah. Is there any way RSL is ever going to do something like that? Because that is something that's very cool. Well, yeah, possibly. I, I, I don't. I haven't been involved in those conversations. I wouldn't be surprised. I know uh, Tyler Gibbons and his uh, branding team. They they look at a lot of different things. Obviously, they've been focused on upgrading the sure, sure. the aesthetic around the stadium. Um, I don't. I don't anticipate a massive. Rebrand, but I think doing cool things like that to honor certain things is right up David Dryden's very, very talented sleeves. So uh, I think yeah. time, time will tell. And I hope I hope we see something because I thought that was pretty pretty neat. Yeah, that was awesome. Would you 
you uh, would you like to comment on uh, the David Ochoa stuff? There's a, there's a lot of people on Twitter asking about what well, about Facebook though? <laughs> Do you hang out on Facebook? I stay far away from Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't touched Facebook in a minute. No. I just get uh, like memes from my aunts, <laughs> you know, like little teddy bears with hearts. Hugs. Yeah. Yeah, that's what nice. I like. – anyways. David Ochoa, dude, what's – what can you – So, if obvi- anything. obviously, you know, David had a rough start to the year with the quad injury that had kind of recurred uh, from last year. I think David's been fighting hard um, to get right, and that means getting right physically. That means getting right – Mentally, look. Everybody loves David, right? He was such a awesome, galvanizing personality during the playoffs last year. You're talking past tense, and all of last year. So, but this year is different, right? Zach's clearly seized the job. Um, David has not been available, and then when he has become available, you know, he wants to play. Nobody begrudges him that. Like all thirty whatever guys on our roster want to play. 90 minutes week in, week out. And David did the mature thing a few weeks ago, and he's dealing with stuff off the field. We've all heard Pablo kind of talk about that. Like, we're all here for him to find a place of happiness, right, for him to be the best version of himself he can be. And he asked a couple weeks ago, said, hey, if I'm not going to get the reps here because Zach's starting and Zach's clearly making two or three game-changing saves per game, um, let me go train with the Monarchs and let me get 90 minutes a game with the Monarchs. And that's what's happened the last couple weeks. And, look, you guys have been around this team, this league, pro sports, this sport, whatever, for a long, long time. You know, heaven forbid, but something could happen to Zach, right? Or something could happen that necessitates um, David coming back. And, look, he's he's going to go spend some time with the Mexican national team, I think, this summer. And hopefully that's really good for him. Both he's still twenty, I think he maybe just turned twenty-one. So he's a young, young guy, and I don't know, man. Like a lot of people on and off the field, everybody wants more, right? And that's good. You want to encourage that ambition, but at the same time, like Zach's been in this league twelve years, like he knows what you have to do. And as long as we're getting shutouts and wins. There's not going to be an opportunity for him until there's an injury, there's a family situation. Like, there's what there's a million different things that could cause that could force Pablo's hand there. But I just, uh, I, I'm it's hard. I think for all of us that that love all of our players, like we want to see them play, and certainly like we just talked about with Chang, you know. We all love Jefferson Savarino, but how do you take Chang off the field right now with what he's doing? Yeah. How do you take Justin Miram off the field when he's been killing it for 85 minutes a game and, and put him into a 20-minute a super sub role? Like, those are not – those are decisions I'm glad I don't have to make. Right. But and, and, look, we're just not at the part of the season yet. Like, we don't have the Open Cup run to rotate guys. You don't have the schedule congestion yet. Uh, we do have a three-game week, I think, in mid-July where – that stuff will start to shake out, and uh, you're going to need everybody on the roster at some point in the year to endure kind of the marathon of an MLS season. And so I, I, there's there's all kinds of crazy speculation and rumors about David. You know, I think we all hope he's going to be here for a long, long time, and he's going to contribute, and he's going to continue to grow as a professional on and off the field. He's going to grow as a person on and off the field. And, like, you can say that about everybody. So, um, and I think Pablo's and his staff, Matt Taylor, Nacho, these guys are all um, the right guys because there's nothing – that they haven't seen in all their years of this league, this sport. Uh, Matt was in Germany for 13 years. Nacho has spent a lot of time about the U.S. and Mexico developing uh, goalkeepers. Like This is just like a little tiny snapshot in time in the grand scheme of things for David and for everybody else. And I just think there's, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of ambition, despite what you may read online. 
Cool, so. cool. I mean, did you see David's Instagram story over the weekend? Yeah, so it's awesome, dude. He's with the, like mon- kids. the monarchs were off. He goes back to his hometown in Oxnard, and he's clearly an inspiration for those kids. Oh, big time! And um, it's awesome to see. You know, signing gloves. Did you if, see the photo? So you get yeah. new. Okay. Go, go back and listen to David uh, when he did Alexi Lawless's podcast in March, talking about the U.S. Mexico rivalry and his decision like he talks about how zach has been a mentor to him and how zach has been so good like he knew he wasn't going to just step right in when he was healthy um so i I think david's got a great attitude about this but you know there's things that the club can't share there's things he can't share that just have to do with with his personal life and every player goes through this you know we've heard dunny for years talk about this on the broadcast you just never know what's going on in somebody's um immediate family their extended family um everybody has stresses off the field that do affect the way you play on the field and 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 as pablo has said a few times like we're here for him we're helping him he's helping himself and uh you know the story's not written yet like everybody kind of asks so or acts i should say so um i'm sure david at some point is going to get great opportunities so you're you're a very positive guy when it comes to real salt lake glass half full bro yeah i mean you're you know you get paid to be positive (laughs) oh i don't know about that (laughs) um is there anything right now you know the the team's doing great you guys are you know sell out crowds Mm -hmm beautiful stadium you guys are just i mean you guys are rocking it right like you guys and you guys are actually getting like more attention from the league too yeah. mls right i think we're kind of a shocking story we're yeah well above where where expectations were killing it yeah so for all things that are going well and i think right yeah. now like a lot of us fans and you know people who make rsl content we we know about the positive is there anything that like just kind of keeps you up at night or is there anything that's just like Maybe something that the club could improve on, or is there something specifically that you want to improve yeah. on with, like, the fandom or stadium sure. or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think there's anything broken. I don't think, like, obviously everything that's happened this year has been a breath of fresh air. Like, um, the way that David Blitzer and Ryan Smith and their groups have come in to enhance what we did for a year and a half without an owner when we were a league run team like that's encouraging right they they go out of their way to tell us hey we didn't buy this team to move it somewhere to take over we bought it because you guys are doing a great job and we want to help enhance your abilities so the way that they trust john kimball uh pablo Elliot, Rob Zarcos, Tony, like all those guys that everybody knows, and the way that our senior leadership trusts the rest of us to do right by the players, the fans, the sponsors, the media, like this is what we're trying to do. So I would just say we're still we're in growth mode, right? So we were in growth mode for a long time when we got to town, when we built this stadium. We've been trying to constantly like build a culture, right? And now here we are, um, and look, we are able to take advantage of a lot of things, uh, a positive things that were created between 20, I don't know, 14 when Jason left, 2015 when Garth left, 2016 when Manning left. But you have the Monarchs, you have the Academy, hopefully the Royals come back. Like there's, there's a million things every day that we're thinking about, how do we keep growing? How do we get more media attention nationally, locally, internationally? How do we get people to appreciate what Pablo Ruiz and Scott Caldwell and Michael Chang are doing when it's it's easy to talk about Saverino and you know whoever's scoring goals in a particular week or month or whatever? It's it's it, it's natural for us all as sports fans to say, okay, who's next? What are we going to do? Are we going to go spend $10 million in the summer on more DPs and more U22s? And, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do for the Monarchs to win MLS Next Pro? And and when when is, you know, Becky and Kelly and Kristen Press coming back for the Royals? Like, that's natural. But, you know, there are some very, very smart people that are making those decisions. And the great thing that I'll just say about the club right now is everything's very collaborative. 
There's nobody that's making a decision of forcing it down everybody else's throat. It's it's what are we doing to make the South End better, and you've mm-hmm. seen part of that. What are we doing to make the fan experience better? And we've heard that from David Blitzer and Ryan Smith from day one. Um, you know, Pablo, every day he's like, Asking whether it's the medical staff or anybody else, hey, what do we need to do to keep keep getting a little bit better every day? And that's that's the attitude. And you know, Mike Pecky used to say it, but I think Pablo really believes it. That hey, if the random person walking down the hall has an idea for how we can have a better set piece, defending or attacking, or how we can manage transition or whatever he's willing to hear that like all anybody wants is success and to get better and nobody pretends that they have all the answers and nobody pretends that other people's ideas are bad because they're other people so that's just a long-winded way of saying um that we are tight-knit we're together and that's on and off the field so I'm not trying to. I, somebody compared me on Twitter the other day to the RSL Ted Lasso. Hey, and I don't got to do it. I don't think they meant it in a good way, which is fine. I don't care. I mean, I do care because I'm sensitive. But, but that I mean, Ted Lasso. Like Pablo has never seen Ted Lasso. It was funny because he gets asked about it a lot. But that really is sort of kind of the attitude. Is hey, we're all in this together. And what can we do? And maybe somebody does on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever does have a random thought that could create a you know a kernel of truth over here to grow into something. But you know, um, nobody's satisfied, but not for the wrong reasons. People aren't satisfied because until we're raising a trophy and until we're you know trying to figure out how to make this building 30,000. Like, I don't think people are going to be happy until then, right? And it doesn't mean, I should say happy, satisfied, right? Because there's still just a long way to go for the sport in this country, for us in this community, for the league. Like, and again, not to beat a dead horse or spew cliches at you guys, but it is about kind of getting a little bit better every day. And, you know, we've got some big national media articles coming out about us, whether it's about um, Julio Benitez and his family situation coming out of COVID in the academy. And now, you know, he's on an RSL contract, but he's been playing with the Monarchs. Um, We've seen MLS soccer. We've seen the athletic. We've seen uh, some of the other big uh, journalistic entities talk about the culture here and the people. And, you know, we want, all the TV stations will be talking about us every night like they do about the jazz, right? We want both newspapers in their new digital editions to be traveling with us every week. So there's always room for improvement. We want your podcast and the number one podcast, Claret and Cobalt, <laughs> to continue to grow. Uh, ESPN 700's Arbitron ratings are excellent. ESPN 700's digital downloads every week. Hey, when remember this is KSL. Well, I'm getting there. Uh, um, you know, those are doing well. Obviously, the partnership between KSL and 1280 is exposing the sport to a lot of new fans. Um, and that's where, you know, David James does a great job. Brian Dunseth is literally the number one ambassador in the history of this club. He has a national uh, satellite radio show every single day mm-hmm. that he's going to get back on to once he handles kind of the family stuff that he's been dealing with off the field like that's great for us and i mean you guys know how the sport works i don't want to see us sell any of our players ever you know when we signed justin glad and jordan allen seven years ago i wanted them to play for us for 20 years i used to argue with craig weibel and elliot like hey when we sell with, those guys too but one of the ways in which this club is going to garner international headlines is when we do sell somebody. And, um, you know, there's always going to be, this is just endemic to the sport and to the process, is you wonder, like, I mean, we just saw it the other day, right? Dane Murphy was was hired by Elliot and Weibel as a scout at Real Salt Lake, what, five years ago, six years ago. Mm -hmm. He 
he matriculated to become the technical director of this club. He then went and became the technical director at DC United for two months. Then he went over and uh, rescued Barnsley from relegation, moved to Nottingham Forest this year, becomes the EFL, which is the English Football League for all the lower leagues. Their CEO of the year mm-hmm. was named that a month ago. And then on just a couple days ago, they win promotion to the Premier League. Like, what a story. And there, are, obviously all of us are like, well, what would have happened if Dane had stayed here? Well, we don't know that, but there was an opportunity. So he went and found opportunity. And obviously him and Tamor, uh, who's a good friend of ours, and, and Tim Weaver, who used to work here, those guys are enjoying, they are enjoying the ride of their life. And we're all very, very happy for them. It doesn't take away from what we can and have and will do here. Um, and that's the world, right? Like, we could sell one of our players tomorrow and they could go to i don't know ac milan or tottenham or wherever and have a great career and we'll be like man we made that happen for him or they could this happens to guys every day it's very situational right where your agent or your family or somebody gives you bad advice and you make a move and then you end up being a journeyman mm-hmm. and look at look at i don't know Carlos Freddie Salcedo. Adu. Yeah, Carlos Salcedo, although I'd say his career trajectory still good, while but a little journeyman. stunted. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's played for, what, five clubs in seven yeah. years or something? Yep. So um, there's no magic blueprint. There's no, there's no formula because everything is very uh, evolutionary and fluid, and it's all about capturing those moments, right? Like we did in 2009, like we almost did – in 2013, and who knows, maybe 2022 is is a year where it all kind of comes together. You guys still ho- holding on to like team is the star? Like that's something that I don't really see marketed much. Is no, it still I hanging mean, that, up? That was up a then? very Jason thing. Um, you know, I think if you look at what Pablo has painted in the locker room here, um, you know, you have mentality, you have determination, you have togetherness. Uh, so the team is is the star, I think, is something that will always be kind of part of our DNA, right? Like, it's not about an individual or three DPs that make $5 million a year more than everybody else combined. You know, that kind of stuff. And we've seen that in L.A. We've seen that with some of the teams around. Um, you know, and I think it might have even been a Freddie thing when Pablo came last year, but... You do see the, like, pressure is a privilege sign. So the pressure to perform in front of 20,000-plus every week, uh, the pressure to win a job, to wear the shirt, the pressure to um, speak eloquently with you, like, that is a privilege. And it is all about kind of spreading that RSL gospel. So it is, uh, I like it. you know, I, I think I think the as one is always going to be part of this. Uh, team is the star. Fortune favors the bold. Some of those were established by Jason and Garth um, because they went through the most radical philosophical renewal or change in the club's history. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're still the smallest market in the league. Um, I wouldn't always believe some of the things you say about us being the lowest payroll in the league. Obviously, that did not include Savarino, Julio, uh, and some other things. So, um, we'll be mid-table, and I think our owners are willing to spend when they need to to push you over the top or improve. But we don't need to spend $18 million on DPs because the data shows in the history of this league that doesn't help you win games. Yeah. Spreading that money around the roster and having balance. And obviously, we're still a development-first club. Like. You look at everything we put out, we lead with the homegrown. So you lead with an Aaron Herrera or a Justin Glad or, you know, even Chang came up through the Monarchs. Ruiz came up. um, Certainly Andrew Brody came up through the academy. Tate Schmidt, David Ochoa. um, But the Monarchs is an important developmental piece. It's not just about who came up through the academy. Um, So that's that's where you can look at it financially or on a spreadsheet and say, okay, that's where the value is. Um, but, like, there's a reason Savarino wanted to come back. You guys have heard him talk about how unified the locker room is. Demir yep. Krylock saying he's the most talented guy he's ever played with. Um, him convincing Pablo and Elliot and 
Kurt and ownership, hey, let's go get this guy. Um, those guys obviously always wanted Savarino back. Savarino, when we bought him, it was the most money we ever paid for a player. When we sold him, it was the most money I think we ever got for a player. And then when we just bought him again, we got him for actually less than we paid for him the first time, and he's a much more mature, accomplished guy. Yeah. Um, Anderson Julio, yes, we would have liked him in February, but to make the deal financially sound and to work the way it did, we had to wait until May. Yeah. And that saved three-quarters of a million dollars that maybe you can go out and spend that somewhere else. Yeah. We'll see what the summer window brings, but who knows? You know, Chris Garcia may blossom into a guy um, or Bodie Davis or Axel Kai or obviously Haziel Orozco has been awesome in the three-and-a-half games he's already played this year for us. Like, there's a lot of guys that are still growing and waiting to emerge and yeah, I don't look at that stuff financially. I promise. look at that stuff as, hey, who's helping us win games today, tomorrow? Who's helping us win a cup? Yeah. You know, that's 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 the fun stuff. It's the dream. You want a cup? Yeah, another cup. Yeah, we love another cup. Trey, thanks so much, man. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude, it's been a great. Love having time. you guys out here. Love that this is uh, your office, man. You like uh, you like coming to this every single day. I do. You know, there there was a time. When, when I had my daily office here and I was down in the dungeon sort of area <laughs> and I, I asked Bill Manning, I said, let me, ha- let me have my office up in the press box because I want to look at green grass and blue sky and Mountains, red seats and that. snow-capped mountains every day. Um, Looks great. And so now that I'm in Harriman every day, when I do come here, I spend a lot of time in the press box kind of looking out over this. Yep. You can't beat it, man. This is Dan Farn's playground, and we love him for it. Yeah. Well, hopefully we uh, get to do more of these if we don't uh, upset anybody with what we said. No, today. hey, man, we love having you guys out. Anything you need, uh, appreciate you keeping the fans informed, uh, both new fans and old, about what's going on. Yeah. And, but you would say we're the number two podcast. Uh, number two with a bullet. <laughs> it means you guys are always on the ascent. <laughs> All right. You know we've been doing this a lot longer than uh, well, well, yeah. Well, like never. Okay, never. I mean, I guess you chose the colors. I guess you like had some part in naming the club. So uh, I, uh, you could have number one. I dude, wouldn't whatever. say I chose the colors. Dave Checkets chose the colors. I just okay. I just gave them witty names. Claret and Cobalt. I yeah. love that man. Do you have that tattooed anywhere? In your no, body? not no? yet. You need to. Yeah. If they want to, who's cup, your tattoo guy? Uh, his name is Matthew Miskell over at Look Look Tattoo. Yeah, but if, who's, dude, yours is Yellow Rose. Tiger Claw. Tiger okay. Claw. There's so there's so many cool tattoo Shout places out. in Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up with uh Yeah, I grew up with Shay McAfee, the owner of uh Tiger Claw. Okay. Yeah. I, he knocked on my door one time and he said, "I'm going to be a tattoo artist." And I said, "Dude, no one's going to let you tattoo them." And now I'll look at him. So, believe and believe. look what happens. Yeah. Yeah, man. that's really the main slogan, obviously. Yeah. Every day we believe that we yeah. can be a little bit better. If if win RSL a wins a games. cup, you got to get like believe just across your really? chest. Yeah, chest piece is my initial tattoo. <laughs> yeah, you know which t- old English back. Okay, yeah, it's probably have a too mic. much information for you guys, but oh. the uh, oh. the priest in Romeo and Juliet, you know, with Leonardo DiCaprio, and I'm blanking on the the female's name in that role. But the priest had a like a Celtic cross tattooed across his entire back. I've, al- I've always thought that might be my my tattoo. <laughs> Except the cup, dude, or like the, uh, yeah, the RSL. Oh, we gotta get we gotta get Lobo's face yeah, and something. An MLS cup. Yeah. Concacaf Champions League. Yeah, dude. We can give you some good advice. Can't get a sleeve unless I start working out. Guys, the RSL show brought to you by One Wire Fiber and KSL Sports. Josh, you want to step back in? You got anything to say? No? All right, no? Cobalt also brought to you by One Wire Fiber. Yeah, yeah. We made that. Adam Sessions is the man. He is the man. Uh, Keep it here for all your RSL news, obviously. RSL show, Claret and Cobalt teaming up here. Can't thank Real Salt Lake enough for letting us do this here at. The riots on a beautiful day, and I think that is that Dan Farns now, or is that no? All right, does Dan Farns even do any work on the grass anymore? Does he just like he takes the credit, huh? Yeah, he takes the credit. He, he points and shoots and tells people where to go, <laughs> yeah. kind of like somebody else I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, Tom guys. Hackett. Uh, yeah, totally. Thanks for uh, listening to the RSL show, uh, aka whatever, Clarendon Cobalt. All right, see you guys.
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.